and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Monday, final Monday of the month of April, as we welcome you to the program. Here is Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, to talk with you, and today we'll talk sports with you uh, for the next couple of hours right up until noon. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list, it's light today. We've got so much to recap from the weekend, but Scott Dockerman from The Athletic will slide on in here. We'll recap the Hawks that uh, had their names called over the weekend, some of the other uh, participants from the Big Ten that also heard their names from free agent opportunities. Maybe look ahead to speculate a little bit who the next first round pick for Iowa will be. Scott Dockerman at ten thirty five. That's a that's a difficult proposition bet right there. Yeah, it feels like normally it's somewhat easy. You can kind of yeah. narrow it down. You got a a decent chance two three guys. We were going through the roster before the show. A little more difficult exercise, certainly mm-hmm. this year. Look into the future of Iowa football. No doubt about it. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that and, a lot, and more with Doc at uh, 10.35 or thereabouts. We will carry Governor Reynolds' press conference, as we have been doing since she moved to mornings at 11 o'clock. Uh, today, should be, uh, there should be some news. We anticipate there will be some news. She kind of alluded to that. Oh, didn't kind of allude. She did on uh, Friday. Uh, seemed the dimmer switch on opening the state um, cranked up a little bit on Friday and kind of uh, feel like today. It's going to uh, there's going to be more news, so that's coming up at eleven o'clock. We will try and hit it right on the button when she begins speaking. We will get you there. So that's at eleven, and then Matt Manasseri and our uh, one of our NFL draft guys will join us for more on the draft. We're going to save the individual teams. Why not? We got nothing but time. Right. One Tuesday, one Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. Dot dot dot. As we'll stretch this baby out uh, for the remainder of the week. So that's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We'll get into the last dance. We'll get into the draft. But we have to start with the most shocking news of the weekend, and that, of course, is Jay Cutler and Christian Cavallari. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Now you are listening right now to two people that normally probably wouldn't be big fans of a reality yeah. show called Very Cavallari. Guilty we pleasure on my guilty pleasure. Yeah. I don't watch it. I used to watch maybe episode one or season one. Yeah, uh, but we were of, deep into it then. We were, but kind of waned a little. I think I got caught from my wife. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was giving you too much crap, and you said, "Yeah, let's dial it back." So let me get this straight. You after you say you got to, we can't do anything because you got to watch sports. You got to watch this game. But I walk in here. And here you are watching Kristen Cavallari <laughs> running around. Right. Anyways, uh, that's not that's not where we're going to start. But I guess we kind of did in a roundabout way. We did. Way. But it's over um, for the um, uh, for for Cavallari and Cutler. Anyways, Trent, I don't know where to begin. Last Dance was unbelievable. Yes, it was. I didn't think we'd see two better episodes than one and two. And then this uh, past Sunday came along and three and four were incredible. So, I mean, the Rodman episode three is it's so good. Ron Harper makes his first appearance in the series. He didn't have a, didn't have a lot of uh, lines. No, no. He had something to say, though, back he in his did. Cleveland days. He did. It was certainly a memorable uh, memorable utterance out of Ron Harper, who I think is overlooked as his role mm-hmm. on that team. He was so good defensively when he got to Chicago. But, oh, so much to talk about with the last dance. But let's do the draft, Trent. I watched, uh, was there 254 or 256 picks? Whatever. I watched right every there. single one of them. Every single I, didn't miss a pick. Didn't well, you know what? Probably got up at some point, but then caught up. But what else was it going to do? Right? right. Yeah. So it was 
lock, stock, and barrel all the mm-hmm. way through. And you know what? It was good. Yeah. It was it was eye-opening that you know, because nobody knew, right? All we heard beforehand was the potential problems and internet going down, and this is going to be a disaster. They shouldn't have done it. It's too soon. We don't need this, please. We absolutely needed it, and I know I don't speak for everybody, but um, I felt that uh, this was a uh, a welcome respite from what we've been going through at the very least, and the fact that you know, we got to see, they talked a little bit about this on Thursday or on Friday when we came back, but I thought as the weekend went on, it became more personified maybe. I loved the fact that I was seeing the families of the, of the GMs and the coaches. Right. What's wrong with that, right? It added a little bit of levity, I think, yeah, to the situation and right. understanding where everybody is. This isn't just you and me and everybody listening. This is everybody in every walk of life is going through this in the different capacity and seeing what people's homes look like from Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> right. to Bill Belichick. And, and his, How about his, his dog? Oh, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> his dog's guarding the computer screen. <laughs> it was it was fun yeah. to see that angle it to it. it. And it was different. You know, another thing maybe we should mention is we don't work at television. We do a little TV work for Mediacom. But, you know, the production and the number of people that are involved compared to mm, when we do a yeah. radio show right. compared to television. And to think... When you're in a studio and you got six guys around, it's very easy. You got a guy with the earpiece, and all right, you're coming up, we're coming to you next, or the host sets it up. But to do that with six, seven, eight different people remotely, and to, there were a couple of gaps in there, but they're also doing it through Zoom. They're not having the earpiece in that you can talk to. There's a delay that mm-hmm. happens there, and how, how well that they did on top of it. I was incredibly impressed just from the production side, the way that they were able to pull it off day after day. Yep. The rotating number of people, the combination with Daniel Jeremiah. He on was really ESPN. good. And did you see him? You probably, well, you might have on Saturday at the end when they paid tribute to Chris Mortensen. Yes. Yeah. That was very and good. And how much he meant to Daniel Jeremiah. And mm-hmm. I mean, by God, he might not have a career. Wouldn't have had a career according to him if it wasn't for more. That was sad watching Chris Mortensen. He's battling mm-hmm. cancer. Um, and, I mean, you can tell, right? right he's yeah. lost he's probably the chemo. I don't know. But, you know, the hair loss and the weight loss. And um, you know, certainly we'll pull in for everybody that's stricken with that god-awful disease. But, um, yeah, it was, it was really good television, Trent. And it's going to be interesting going forward to see if they encompass at least some aspects of that. Maybe not round one. Mm-hmm. Maybe do the pomp and pageantry with round one because it's a standalone round and we're used to the jerseys and the booing and the now, big hugs. The big hugs with the commissioner. Yep. Uh, those type of things. But, but then going forward, do you, do we, do they go back to what we witness? You know, the go back home and have the kids get the kids involved. I don't know. I, I would be fine with that. You know, it was a different way to do what we've seen in the past. And there's been some goofy angles where they have like, I don't know, some some animal from the zoo makes a selection. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was and a little I could bit do too, without the music too. Yeah, that was a little bit too much. This, on the other hand. This was, uh-huh. it was enjoyable. It was. And taking it a different way, and you mentioned the commissioner and the big hugs. Yeah. Credit to the commissioner. He, he did, did a, well. Yeah. He did a really good job. He is a guy that is very and easy getting to more on. casual as the yes. weekend went. I mean, he finished the, he finished the, the t-shirt. draft in a t-shirt. He had the t-shirt. Right. Wanted to say something about Sundays. Yeah. And yeah, he had the t-shirt out on Saturday. Yeah. It was... That's a good point, Trent, because... Um, it's easy to throw arrows. It is, yeah. And it was we saw a human side to Roger Goodell. That, that was one of the, that was a big takeaway. That was a good one. Good one and, on your part. And the NFL needed that too. I, I mean, think just, so. just because there is negativity surrounding it and mm-hmm. everything that is 
at times made the league as a whole divisive, and, and unfortunately, it's become political at times. And you and I, we don't want that. We don't no. want that for our football. No, we don't no, want no, no. to be talking about the political side of sports. We want to talk about sports and to show that human side to where you watch. Well, I'm sure you're watching because you're watching the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, when he made the announcement, hey, you can watch Monday Night Football game with me here yeah. in the basement. How about that? And watch it in the man cave. We're going to mm-hmm. raise some money for that. Well, did you see how much money they raised? A hundred million dollars. That was incredible. Holy mackerel. Love to see that. Now you Oof. got the other side of it and Jerry Jones on his yacht. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, on Friday night, see, I didn't, and, and maybe maybe they alluded to it at some point on Friday night or on Thursday night. It was Friday that I found out where he actually was for the first time. Well, I I searched it on Twitter. because oh, did you? Same yeah. thing. My wife goes, where the hell is he? Right. What are those things? I, I, I have no idea. I, his basement? I have, mm-hmm. So I found it on Twitter and a beat reporter or something said, no, he's hanging out on yeah. his yacht. And that's how I found out the information. But it was the same kind of thing. You have that angle of it. Mm-hmm. But Goodell was excellent. As good as I think he could be. No question. The production was great. Yep. It was just, it was fun to have normalcy over a three day period. And, and now we look to the future. What did you say? May 9th is when I we're going to I think get the, the schedule, schedule comes out May 9th. You know what else we didn't see? And I was okay with that. I think maybe there was more on Thursday when there was the rest of the weekend. But I don't, nothing against Susie Colbert or mm-hmm. whoever does that for the NFL network. But the players, when they're walking off the stage to sit down and talk for 30 seconds, I'm, I'm good without that. But my wife goes, Oh, you can tell Susie doesn't have her hair and makeup person. Did <laughs> she, she look a little? I never even she, noticed. Yeah, yeah, she, 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 she looked rough. She didn't look like you normally see Susie Colbert on uh, on NFL Live. That yeah, is, she's had sure. a hell of a career. Yeah, she I mean, has. She has had a hell of a career. That, that line really cracked me up yeah. though for the wife. No, that's good. You know, I was, I was thinking over the weekend too when I, when uh, we were talking about this last week with with Zubin. We talked about the the Kenny Main piece mm-hmm. and, and Linda Cohn. Linda Cohn has had a remarkable career. Good for her. I mean, I love stand the test of time. Is I mean, that's one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's if you're good at what you do, you st- and she clearly has. There's no doubt. Look at the look at when when she broke in. I mean, wow, good for her. I mean, every morning that's where I would wake up. I'd flip on Sports Center every single morning. Mm-hmm. I'd watch the late edition. I'd watch Patrick and Oberman or whoever was working Unreadly, that night. Yeah, yeah. And then she'd usually have those, yeah. at least during the early mid-90s, she would have the late overnight one. And they, we were playing it every morning. And that's what it was. Yeah. And well, we're talking 25, oh, 30 years. for sure. And big hockey fan, too, which yes. moves her up. Rangers, peg. right? Yeah. Our Islanders. One of the New York, New York teams. Yeah. One of the New York teams, anyways. So the draft was uh, was terrific. Let's get into some of the local teams, Trent. I thought the, the Vikings had a really good draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the Chiefs and the Bears did well. I still, I come away with this. I understand, I get the Jordan Love pick to an extent, all right? I do. He's got, uh, Aaron Rodgers has a couple more years left. I The numbers weren't as good as they've been in the past. Uh, I certainly understand the angst amongst some Packer fans when they didn't reach out and grab a receiver at any point. The deepest position in the history of receivers in the NFL draft, the single dip, deepest year, and they decided not to go in that direction? So they work to rebuild the offensive line. They get three Big Ten mm-hmm. guys coming in, John Runyon. And they needed to. Yes, yeah, with Blue moving on to the Chargers yep. and a couple other pieces. It's an aging line. I understand it. Do you see the story about Runyon? When they the call- story was on- oh, yeah, we didn't take the call. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> called him and he accidentally hung up. Right. <laughs> the Packers called him saying, hey, we're going to draft you. And uh, called back and got him hooked up there. <laughs> what, what's going through the Packers' brain? Whoever got him on the, he, did, he won't take our call. <laughs> <laughs> Should we draft him? Right. 
Well, he's got the bloodlines for sure. His old man was good. Yes, he oh, was. He was good. For a six-round pick, I, I like taking a shot there. Mm-hmm. But overall, A.J. Dillon, you have Aaron Jones. Yeah, that, exactly. I mean, he's a banger. I get it. but You can make the argument for Jordan Love. And I think both of us, we understand at least the why you go mm-hmm. that route. Okay. But then to continue on and then to take an H-back right. with your third pick? Right. What's happening here? I don't get it. I'm with you, Trent. That I'm wide receiver you. room, it is. Mm-hmm. There are pieces. Scandling, can he turn into yeah. Alan Lazard? We, of I, course, know him here. Absolutely. But there Me, needs to be more. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think the Packers got better this weekend. I think the Vikings did. I yeah. think the Bears did. I, I truly do. Uh, the Lions, I think, had a decent draft, but of the four teams in the uh, NFC North, the Packers are just a head-scratcher. I really like the Lions drafts. Yeah, them. They, were, I, they did well. That was one of my favorites. I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. Georgia running back, who they got mm-hmm. in the second round. Of course, Akuda, who we talked about in our mock draft, he had dropped, but you said, boy, it's stupid. He's going to go three, and you're absolutely right on that pick there. Uh, a couple others, Quintez Cephas, we know how good yep. that guy is. He's not going to yep. run away from nope. you, but... He's going to catch everything that's yeah. thrown to him. He's a guy that settles in as your number mm-hmm. three receiver, catching 60, 65 balls a game. Yeah, I can definitely see that out of Quintus Cephas. I really liked what the Lions have done. Now, it's kind of a make or break now for Patricia. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to show a big step forward this mm-hmm. year. It can't just even be a 7-9, and 8-8 eight eight type of season. <laughs> but the fact he had the pencil in his ear. Of course, yeah. Too, right? But like what the Lions did, uh-huh. Packers, question mark, and the Vikings. Just the sheer volume of picks that they have. They were on the clock in the on Saturday. Seemingly, Trent, every... I mean, I know this is an exaggeration, but every 10 minutes they I were making that way. a pick. Yeah. And they drafted some dudes in those. I mean, Willikas, Willikas, I don't know, Kenny Willikas from Michigan State. Willikas. Willikas. Yes. He's terrific. Yes, I he think. is. That's a I, really I was, good pick. When he came off the board and the little thing pops up, I said, he's still around? Yes. That was one of those that, because I didn't see him in, who did they have? McShay's best available was on the screen. Ah, uh, yes. But yeah. he wasn't on there during that time. And that for whatever reason, it just, and it's one of those picks to say, Trent, wow. go back to Chicago this, when we were at Big Ten Media Days. Mm-hmm. He was getting talk in the same, you know, of course, uh, Chase and AJ and Kenny, because I'm not going to say his last name, because I can't. But, but it was the same kind it of conversation. It was the same conversation. These were the three best. And Coughlin from Minnesota mm-hmm. got some love, and he got drafted as well. Uh, but but Willikes was um, was in every conversation. Amongst also, the best players in the in the, in the the Big Ten. And, of course, locally also in the seventh round, the Vikings take Nate Stanley. Yeah. Good landing spot, it I'm feels with like, you. for him. I'm with you. I mean, they got Jake Browning, and they got Sean Mannion from uh, Oregon State, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Mannion's probably two, but there's not. There's. I think Nate Stanley's going to make the football team. I do. It's a developmental pick. It's uh-huh. a place you can go where you don't have the pressure. And we don't like our starter, Kirk Cousins. There's plenty of detractors certainly mm-hmm. for him, but you know he's going to be a guy. This is not. Uh, we're grooming Stanley to be the replacement. No, we're going to see what they have, and a spot that I think works very well for his skill set. Mm-hmm. What they do offensively, I think, works incredibly well. Uh, I think this is a great landing spot for him. Is he going to carve out a career? Is he going to? Is he going to last as long as Stancy did? Well, six years mm. in the league. Now, well, Stancy never threw a pass. Never threw a pass, but right. he collected a paycheck no, for he six did. years. I'd probably take the under on that. It's it's difficult it is. to hang around even yeah. for that length of time, but you're looking for spots. That's one. And 
it felt like for a while I thought, boy, he's his agent better be on the phone making right. phone calls and finding that right spot. And mm-hmm. that was one of the places I thought about was Minnesota. They drafted him in the seventh round. I think worked out really, really well for him. I, I love the Vikings' first four picks, Trent. Justin Jefferson. How about the how about uh, all the LSU Tigers that came off the board? That's, it was, was unbelievable. It Fourteen guys drafted. Yeah, tied a record. Tied a record, 14. which is incredible. Gladney from TCU, as we talked about on yes. Friday, was a great pick. Uh, Cleveland from Boise State filled a huge, huge need uh, there at tackle. Dantzler from Mississippi I love that State. Dude. Trent, we talked about him last year before the bowl game yeah, with the Hawks. Right. Uh, he's a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. Lynch from Baylor, let the, he's the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Nick, he's not going to wow you, but he's always in the backfield. The uh, the pick that they had with the Temple cornerback, that was a guy that I had looked at a little bit just Did because you? I knew the Bears were okay. looking at defensive backs, and he was somebody that I really liked when I was going Temple's through. Temple's an underrated program. They put guys in the league and of every course, year. He's going to the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> this this guy, Spielman, he's a wizard. Yeah, he he a knows how to build, build yep. a roster, and the way that he has put this together the way that he has developed picks, they do it a little different way. Mm-hmm. Zimmer's another guy that they're going to have to win this year. Boy, yeah. his ranch, by the way. Yes. <laughs> what a place. Zimmer doing his thing. It's it just overall, in the Spielman family, you yeah. know, the number of kids that they yeah. have adopted. And, yep. of course, we, we saw his son play at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But Did he leave? There was something going on there. Yeah, to I'm not sure. Re-remember. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, I think he might have. Anyways. Yeah. But uh, you see that, and you mentioned kind of where your original point there, talking about seeing the kids and seeing mm-hmm. the family, and yeah, it's great, and seeing what they did. Vikings, I mean, great. However, you want. It was a really good draft. No, I thought they crushed it, Trent. I did. Yeah. I thought they crushed it. Of the four locals, look, the Chiefs did well too. Their their first two picks for sure. I mean, Edward Solaire is a freak, and and this kid from uh, uh, Gay. Their second round pick linebacker who got in a ton of trouble when he was in school. He's a, I mean, he's a kid that's, he's going to play right away. Mm-hmm. Going to play right away. The, uh, Mike Dana kid that they got in the fifth round from Michigan. He was the kid that was a grad transfer from Central Michigan last summer. Remember we were talking about before they got no. Van Valkenburg, Iowa did. Okay. This was another one of those defensive line transfers that they were looking at. He ultimately ended up in Michigan, but Iowa recruited him very hard, uh, for his final season. Nice player. I mean, he's plug and play. Mm-hmm. Not going to wow you with athleticism, but good solid pick there in the fifth round overall. The Chiefs. Well, we talked about it with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and there is a prop out at betonline.com. How many total yards he has this season? Total yards. Total yards, both okay. rushing and receiving. What's the number? Because 950. I, well, I, was, I, see, I was a little lower than that. So, um, They've still got depth there. And it's still a position right. where injuries happen. Trent, he's going to wow you. Yeah. He, I think he's he, he was a terrific pick. The Super Bowl champs picking last in every single round, I thought they crushed the draft. Niang's a good pick. Um, Willie Gay, as I mentioned, another Mississippi State kid, he's a good pick. I'll tell you who had a good day, and I, and I was hoping you would bring it up because I'm going to get accused of being a homer. <laughs> I thought Denver, I thought John Elway had his best draft since he's been doing this. And I don't even think it's close. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. When you start at the top of Jerry Judy, mm-hmm. many Who people fell to 15. Right, many people felt was the best receiver yeah. in this draft. To get KJ Hamler, yeah. who I'm a big, big fan oh, of. Oh, me too. Ojemudia, plug and play. See, Trent, that's my, and I know this isn't going to be popular. <laughs> I've never been the biggest Ojemudia fan. Yeah. And to, for him to go in the third round, I thought that was a bit of a. Look, I hope he surprises me. Mm-hmm. I really and truly do. I'm just not sure if he's... <laughs> Did he blow you away at Iowa? No. 
See, me neither. No. And, and all the he other solid. Right. All the other kids that have gotten drafted, you look back in their career and there were times they blew you away. Couple of points for Ojemudia when I, maybe not blow you away. I'd rather have Geno Stone. Okay. I like his game better, but go ahead. So go back to the Purdue game a couple of years ago when they're just getting beat by the French kid time yeah. and time again. Yeah. What did they have to do? All right. I know right. we normally play right, right. cornerback, left right. cornerback. Right. Right. You're just going over there. Yeah, true. We're going to have to change what we've done it was for a 20 years. Game after that. Now, you could say it was more because of the other guys, but Ojemudi at least could go in there and mm-hmm. he could cover some things up there. He ran better than anybody anticipated. Mm-hmm. He's a big cornerback. What was he, 4-4 four, four something? Yeah, it was like a 4-4-3, four, four, yeah. which I think was a surprise for to sure. a lot of people. Is he going to be a star? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But in the third round, you get a guy that during his rookie contract, you know, even if he's not a starter, he can be a third mm-hmm. cornerback, he can play slot corner, mm-hmm. which is incredibly important as we know in today's NFL. And because of that, not a star, but a solid pick. Low floor type of guy there. He's not going to be a bust. No, I hope not. Um, but I thought, I mean, Den- Denver needed a kid that's going to come in and play from day one. And that's asking And I don't a lot. think if he's that. Right. Yeah. And they, if, they, if they were going to do that, they, they had to choose. You want Hamler? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the speed in the, in the AFC. Well, look, look, everybody's trying to keep up with the Chiefs, right? right. Yeah. They see that Chiefs blueprint and everybody tries to uh, replicate it. But I thought Denver had a really, really, really good draft. Their other third-round pick, I love, too. Getting, getting yeah. Cushenberry at that point. The center from LSU? Yes. Terrific. The, the Moody from Fresno State bench pressed 225 pounds 44 times. Jeez. Oh, 44 times. Uh, I mean, he's always hurt. I get that. And that's why he's there in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Tuska, the kid from uh, North Dakota State. Yep. I'm glad he's, uh, uh, he's a Denver Bronco, but I thought Denver got better. This division is going to be so fun. The AFC West, look, clearly, the Chiefs are still head and shoulders above everybody. And Jerry Judy and Hamler and all these kids we just talked about, they're going to be rookies next year. Right. And Drew Locke has started five games, four or five, five games uh, in the NFL. So you got to tap the brakes a little bit. But I thought they had a great uh, – I thought Cincinnati drafted well. I thought Bolt – I thought the entire AFC North was really good. Yes, yeah. I To the West, really like the Raiders draft. Yeah. From Henry Ruggs, he can make the argument, yep. but they brought in that ski, speed component. Mm-hmm. Arnett, for a long time, people thought was a first-rounder. You get right. him in the second round. Lynn Bolden's, Bolden's a guy from What's Kentucky. he going to play? Uh, Wildcat? Yeah, maybe. Right. You could do a lot of different things, though, with him. He's not oh, a quarterback. such an athlete, Trent. But a stud athlete uh-huh. there. Chargers, we'll see. Yeah, I like know, that I've, roster, but I don't... I'm not a whole sold on Herbert. Yeah. I, and this was before he became a Charger, and this mm-hmm. is not my anti-AFC West other teams. Set it for you all, all season long. I'm just not... Some days you watch him, he's terrific. Another the bowl wonder- game, he was unbelievable. Seventh round, K.J. Hill from Ohio State. Yeah, how did he fall there? I, I was another baffled one where, mm-hmm. much like we talk about with Wilkes from Michigan State, same thing with K.J. Hill. He's still available in the seventh right. round. What is happening here? Chargers got him at that spot. Fun draft. And yep. we talked about this a little bit Friday as we were looking ahead to round two and three. But boy, the depth of this draft. I, I don't know so if So many good players. I don't be working with you and just knowing more and more people and knowing that you know what you can't just get away with watching the Iowa and Iowa State game. You got to watch everything, <laughs> right. and and I certainly have done that. But going through and just seeing the names that were on the board and as you get deeper and deeper, and we're talking about seventh rounders that I think have a ton of talent and a mm-hmm. chance to stick. It was a great draft. It was a fun three days. Let's have another one. I'm I'm all for it. Uh, let's do it just real quick on your Bears. I, I was touting Johnson for for weeks leading up to this mm-hmm. thing. He played the entire year uh, injured. Um, he's you're going to like him, Trent. 
And I know he's, I mean, you have to like him, right? Because uh-huh. it's an area of need, yes. cornerback there. Komet in the first round, I mean, in the first pick, rather, he's a good player, but you got so many tight ends. Well, they cut two this morning. Oh, did they? So they went from 11 down to nine. Right. Yeah, because Amon Wagner showed up there right. as, as he was signed as a free agent from Kentucky. I hope he sticks. Little surprise, though. Geno Stone, who ends up in the Ravens. Yeah. Boy, I would have liked to see the Bears take mm-hmm. him. They still need help at the safety position on the other side of Jackson. I... Geno Stone made plays his entire career. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's not going to blow you away. Nope. Save not, one of those not guys. Run, outrun you, but he's just a football player. Desmond King. Desmond King. Yes, exactly. He's a football player, right? He's going to make plays for you, and same kind of thing. We talked about this with OJ Mudia, but is Geno Stone going to be an All Pro? No, but no. to take a guy like him instead in the fourth mm-hmm. or fifth round that you know is going to play, he's going to be a good player, and even at that fourth or fifth year when you have to make the decision, are we going to give him a contract? Are we going to give him you know a four year, twenty million dollar contract? Eh, maybe not. But during that rookie contract, you have a guy that you know is going to play special teams mm-hmm. for you, can fill in if need be at necessary. Another one of those low floor guys that that dropped in. Who's the recipient? The Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Who just another drafted. great organization. They had an unbelievable draft. A um, couple of guys on Iowa State. Jamal Johnson. I was surprised he didn't get an opportunity to go to a camp, but maybe he right. will. Uh, Deshante Jones, another one. Petway's a good receiver, but he's just not quick enough, I don't think. Um, but but guys have had opportunities. But I thought Jamal Johnson. I watched, I mean, in the in the middle of that line. Where did Lima go? Did he go to Tampa? Miami. Miami. He'll stick. Well, I think he will, too. Yeah. I think he'll, I think he'll play in the league as well. I think he's going to stick, and I think Marcel Spears is going to stick. I oh, think so where did he go? Cincinnati. Good for him. I, I think I both those one. guys are going to be ones we talk about that are going to make yeah. the cut and are going to be on... Maybe not the fifty-three man roster, but certainly right. on the practice squad next season. With a really chance to, with a yep. chance to earn some money while mm-hmm. you learn the league, and maybe wait for that opportunity that's going to come your way. So, uh, good stuff. Well, speaking of opportunities that are coming your way, here's an opportunity for you to win a thousand dollars. It's KXNO and iHeart once again trying to help you out with your bills. Text the keyword "calm" to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's calm to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Kim Reynolds, we'll get to her right off the bat at 11. Matt Manasarian will join us at 11.30. More on the NFL Draft. As we take you until noon, it's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Take you up until noon. Governor Kim Reynolds in about a half an hour. Matt Manasseri in an hour. We will get back to uh, the... NFL draft right now. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. More on the draft doc joins us. Hello, Scott Dockerman. Wasn't it nice to have that uh, little normalcy back in our lives as the draft unfolds for three days on our television? How are you? Well, I, I'm great, and yes, I couldn't agree more. It was fantastic. I mean, I'm kind of I've always been kind of a draft nick anyway, but then when you you know, it really, other than the, the sing-alongs with Luke Bryan yes. and other, uh, <laughs> artists, I was like, man, this just feels like normal. Right. So it was good to have that happen until we had uh, 
again, uh, some of those sing-alongs. Indeed. You know, Doc, I, I didn't mean to start here, and I apologize, and I wish I could go back and start this segment again, because I want to be serious, first of all. Um, how are your mo- How is your mom and your sister? They're both in the healthcare profession. You made it known uh, on, on Twitter that they were both, sadly, uh, they have come down with, with COVID. How are they doing, Doc? And uh, it's... Uh, uh, it's you know every day it's it's something new. Um, one day it seems like they're doing okay. The next day it's kind of rough. But luckily for both of them, they live in two different areas that they have uh, uh, that they have they've been home. Uh, you know the headaches and the, the nausea and everything else associated with it is just um, kind of contained. So uh, they they think they're doing better, but then in the next day they're kind of worse. But mm. all all things told, you know they're. They're not in the hospital. They're at home. That's great. And yep. uh, and thanks for asking about it. I really appreciate it. Well, Doc, we're certainly thinking of you, your family, and everybody involved there, and hope for the best on everything happening with COVID-19. To the draft, and uh, never never an easy transition, but let's start with the first that we saw since we last uh, were on the air on Friday, and that was A.J. Epinesa coming off the board in the second round. He fell for what many people anticipated you know early on right after the season saw him as high top 15 in the draft and he goes in the middle of the second round but feels like a really good landing spot for him in buffalo it is a great landing spot for him and it's uh you know i guess once you get through that disappointment and that you know (laughs) most difficult pain that you can ever imagine mentally uh as a football player i mean it really turns out to be about as good of a fit as you'll find i mean you know, Sean McDermott has built a really tough, aggressive mm-hmm. defense. They have good pass rushers. They're all older, but uh, Epineza fits right in, and he can. They can do a lot of good things with him. I mean, that's one of the things. You know, with McDermott when he was a defensive coordinator at Carolina, and now the head coach at Buffalo, they've built it along the line of scrimmage. They're always tough, hard-nosed, work ethic type team, and and uh, so it kind of really fits a lot with what he experienced at Iowa. So. Uh, you know, but that said, the drop was uh, not only unfortunate. I think it was wrong. I think a lot of people have, you know, underestimated his value, and and I think Buffalo is ready to pick up those pieces and, and go forward with them. I'm with you, Doc. Uh, let, let's well, let's get to Michael Ojemudia. I've never been the biggest Ojemudia guy out there. Um, he goes in the third round. He's a developmental guy, I think, to begin with. I mean, you can't you can't teach the speed. I know it's a cliche, but it's accurate when it comes to football. What's Denver getting in Michael Ojemudia? You know, he's kind of a, an overachiever, but we're still not sure what we get. I, I, I do think I agree with you, Ken. And that is, you know, you, you think about it, uh, he's running his career, lay it next to Desmond King's, and one goes in the fifth and one goes in the third. <laughs> right. You're really surprised by the outcome. But but he did run a four four five in at the Combine. He's an engineering graduate. I mean, so uh, and he played, you know, pretty much three years as a starter at Iowa, a physical guy, big. Um, so he's he's got all, everything you're looking for. Um, is he going to go in and be a Pro Bowler? I don't, I don't know. I doubt it. I don't. I don't see anything there. But you know, Denver uh, has AJ Bowie. Uh, they they yep. let uh, uh, Chris Harris go, so they have an opening. I'm not suggesting he's going to come in and start right away. That'd be crazy. But I do think he's going to contribute. And if nothing else, I think he'll be a really, uh, you know, really high contributor. But I guess. In, in the same way that if, if you were going to ask me which you know prospect fell that shouldn't it was Epineza and which one maybe 
got the benefit of the doubt a little more than I would have mm. expected, and it would have been Ojibudi. I thought Ojibudi, I would have probably grade him as a fourth round pick, but that four four five really helped him. So uh, Denver for the third straight season drafts a Hawkeye, and and they have five uh, draft picks under Ferentz. Uh, so that's the second most of any NFL team. Geno Stone goes to Baltimore, another organization that continues to just draft incredibly well, seemingly year after year. Earl Thomas is still there on one side of the field. The other side, though, where Geno Stone more likely to play on the strong side, though, looks to maybe be a path for him to at least make the roster here. If Geno Stone, if you got him in a real moment, though, would he say, yeah, maybe I should have came back for my last season at Iowa? You know, that's just hard to say. He, he, if nothing else, he was his eyes were wide open by this process. He knew that he wasn't going to be able to, to – to, he wasn't going to be a first-rounder if he came back. He was probably going to be in a similar area. And he really wanted to go, and he felt like and, – and maybe this is the point where if you're a safety and you're taking all those hits, you know, one, one separated shoulder or one, you know, even a strained calf, could completely knock you out of the draft. And so he felt like the, the timing was right for him. He was drafted. I'm sure most of the day Saturday, it was, it was, it's really hard. I've been in those rooms where you sit there and you watch these, uh, young athletes and, and just every pick is agonizing. So I'm sure it was that way for him and family, mm-hmm. uh, as they got to the seventh round. But, but getting to Baltimore, Earl Thomas, you know, he's, uh, he's got near Hall of Fame credentials. So playing next to somebody like that is, is key. I mean, the, the Baltimore Ravens were, uh, what, the number one seed in the AFC. They're, yep. they're tremendous, but they have a little bit of a hole uh, there at, at safety after that. And I'm not suggesting he's going to come in and start, but I think, you know, one thing about Geno, he was a two-star coming in, and then he led Iowa in special teams tackles as a true freshman. So that's his path. And if he could go in and, and play some sub-packages and play well on special teams, yeah, I think he's got a chance to stick. Uh, Nate Stanley uh, has Jake Browning and Sean Mannion in front of him. Of course, you know, no one's going to challenge Kurt Cousins, and we're not even alluding to that. But but uh, um, the other two quarterbacks on the roster, Nate Stanley, I think, has got a chance. Even if he does start on the practice squad, Doc, it's not like uh, you know he's got a no-doubt-about-it starter w- waiting his turn uh, in front of him because I don't believe Mannion or Browning uh, will start in the NFL. Oh, I mean, uh, Mannion, could he step in for Cousins if he's hurt or something? Probably. But uh, Browning, you know, has a similar background almost to, to Stanley. You know, he was pretty good at Washington. Wasn't great. I don't think he was even drafted. So I don't think that there's much uh, preventing Stanley from getting a roster spot. And, and I went through the numbers, and it's almost identical to what Cousins did at Michigan State. They both were 27-12 and 12 as starters. Uh, they both had, you know, uh, Cousins had 66 touchdowns, Stanley had 68. Their numbers at the Combine were almost identical in every area. You know, Stanley's just a little bit bigger and has a little bit stronger arm. Now, one thing I will say is uh, I don't know that I've ever met a more eloquent speaker uh, than Kirk Cousins at the college level. Mm. I mean, he makes you want to vote for him, and I don't care what part. <laughs> right. uh, Stanley's a little different that way. He needs to grow in that area to kind of lead men, you know, and he would have to do that. And, uh, you know, and the other thing is, I always thought with Stanley, uh, but he needs to see more growth is just making decisions a little bit more quickly. If he can just see, spot the break a little faster, you know, then he's got a chance. So, you know, learning two years or so behind Cousins, if he can make it as a third team or maybe even a second team or by a second year, yeah, I, I think he's got a chance to put himself in a position to compete. 
So, and Minnesota is as good a fit as you'll find. They want a zone blocking team like Iowa. Um, you know, more of a pro-style attack. And, and uh, you know, Stanley, you know, had the highest wonder leg, so we know that he's smart enough to, to hmm. figure it all out. Talk with Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we look back at the NFL draft. After the draft, of course, is the free agent Cedric Lattimore to Seattle. Christian Welch, he signs a deal with the Baltimore Ravens and a weeding to Cleveland. Of those three, who do you think, without going too deep into rosters and things like that, who has the best chance to stick? Yeah, it's always tough, as you know. I mean, you're a draft or free agent. you got to do something specific to, to get yourself on there. I would probably go Welch just because Baltimore, you know, John Harbaugh is that old special teams coach. They mm. take pride in it, and I think he can do something um, as a special teamer for, for the Ravens or if he gets cut and goes somewhere else. I think he's got those kind of qualities, kind of like Ben Neiman. Um, you know, he, he might be a little bit bigger and more physical, though, than Ben Neiman. So I think, you know, one, the other thing is the Ravens needed some help at linebacker. They drafted two linebackers. That was their only real weakness on their their side of the uh, on their whole team. Uh, so he's got he's not going to beat out a first rounder and a third rounder. But I think what he's going to do is he's going to compete. And so I think he's got a chance. You know, practice teams probably most likely. You know, Nate Weeding's in a tough spot in some ways because they have two established tight ends and plus a. Uh, uh, they drafted one who was a pass receiver, but he's a blocker. And so if he makes that his niche, then maybe he's a practice team type of guy. And Cedric Lattimore is in a good spot because he can kind of do what he did, which was better than what he did at Iowa, and there's that in the room gap scheme. And But, you know, projecting undrafted free agents to make teams is, um, you can talk yourself into it, but <laughs> reality is honestly difficult. Uh, Doc, let's get the crystal ball out. This is a really difficult exercise, and I hope nobody pulls this back on us in a couple of years, a year or two years from now, and says, look at these idiots, what they were talking about after the 2020 draft. But we, Trent and I, before the show, were, were speculating on, uh, you know, who's potentially the next first-round pick uh, on the Hawkeye roster. I mean, um, Alaric Jackson's a left tackle. He's, he's really good. I don't know if he's a first-round pick. Trent threw out Dane Belton, who certainly flashed uh, in the beginning of his career. I put Tyler Lindebaum on the board uh, center in the first round. You don't see a ton of them, but it's not like it's uh, it never happens. Is there a first-round pick on this roster as we know it today? Not necessarily next year, but when their draft year comes up. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, and and I, I'm fine with speculating on this area because I did actually write about the top six uh, draft prospects for 2021 out of Iowa. And I think Alaric Jackson's one of them. I don't think he's, he's you know, Panay Sewell from Oregon is going to be the first tackle off the board, no doubt about it. But, yeah. I, you know, he was ranked as high as six by some really good uh, draft analysts going into the season. You know, everybody thought he was going to leave. And then, of course, he, he decided to stay. So I think he could be a first-round draft pick. I mean, He'll have 40-plus starts at left tackle That's uh, at Iowa. That's mm-hmm. something that teams are going to covet. Uh, now, uh, beyond that, though, and, and let's, you know, we can get in the weeds a little bit, let, you know, athletically, Linderbaum, I don't, you know, I think he's going to be an NFL guy for a long, long time. I do, no doubt about it. But I also think two guys that I really like their athletic makeup that could jump in there and you just, you know, but you're taking a leap of faith, and that is one, Davion Nixon. Um, Iowa hasn't had an athlete at that position like him. Uh, maybe Christian Ballard, but I think Nixon's a little bit more physical. So I think if another one more year and he might jump into that category, I don't want to project him as a early entrant, but, man, he's he's got some skills. And then the other one, 
I'm uh, going off on a limb maybe a little bit, and that's Julius Brent. Uh, he mm. is big, physical, long cornerback. When he he's going to be a guy that teams if he can get a put a full year together healthy, uh, which he has not done yet. If he can do that, I think he's got a chance to be something special. So, uh, but you know he's got to prove it on the field at Iowa first. But I like those two a lot. And one wild card that I think is going to wow everybody next April or next February, I should say, at the Combine, is I call him Premier Amir Smith-Marset. That's Ken's Trent. guy. That's Ken's guy. Condon talked me out of it. said, no, don't say him. People are going to point and laugh. They're going to turn the dial. You I saw enough about him in the Holiday Bowl. I mean, plug that tape in. Exactly. Well, then you. But here's the other thing. He, he is the Big Ten record holder in average kickoff return. At twenty nine nine, that's a full yard above the the record right now, which was set in nineteen seventy. It's above Desmond Howard. It's above everybody. So when you get into that second, third round in your team, you're like, okay, he might be our fourth wide receiver, but he's going to be the best kick returner in football. <laughs> Devin Hester was the second or third rounder, so mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm, I'm not putting him there yet, but I'll put him in that category to say he could change games at any level, and he's going to run a sub four four for sure. The tight end room last year, we saw the emergence of San Laporta late in the year. They're also bringing in a couple of really good prospects, Elijah Yelverson, Yelberton, who had offers from seemingly everybody in the country, along with Luke Lachey from up in Ohio. Yeah, that's really crystal ball, and we're looking two, three, maybe four years down the line. But out of that tight end group, the young tight ends, who do you like to have a chance to bounce up there and be the next Hawkins? Are they going to the get fan? the kid from Council Bluffs? Oh, Fidone. <laughs> well, I have a uh, recruiting post. I'm not, I'm not going to reject Thomas Fedone yet as a, as a <laughs> but I do have him as my number one target for Iowa in a post coming out tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time saying incoming guys are going to be in the NFL. I will say this, though. I do think this might be the year for Sean Byer. And oh, every year, Iowa has a couple of seniors that really take that step forward. I thought Christian Welch was one of them. And Sean Byer showed flashes at times last year and his first real action of being a pretty good player. So he's still very athletic. He's big, and now he's in his fifth year. I think he's going to be a draft pick next year. And then, But, you know, Sam Laporta did show a lot late, and, you know, just simply because he's done it and done it at the college level and did it against the good teams. And, uh, you know, I would put him first just out of the younger players just because the other ones are, um, albeit very athletic, they're still unknown. Fun to speculate with you, Scott Dockerman. We'll look for that piece tomorrow at The Athletic. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Is that free trial still going on, that 90-day trial, Doc? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely it is. So just click on any story. and it, it Really, it's easier to do it off a desktop. I wouldn't try to mess with it with a phone. You'll be frustrated. But if you do it on a desktop, yeah, get the 90-day deal for, for The Athletic. Uh, read up on every draft pick from every team, whether it's Alabama, Iowa, or the Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, you know, that's something that man, we just don't have enough live sports to talk about. So the draft is something that's going to linger on. And and so, yeah, hop on, check it us, check us out, and give us our, give us ninety days, and then hopefully we got some college football, and we'll keep you. Yeah, and you'll be glad that you did. It's terrific. It's the fort. It's the future of uh, sports writing. By the way, here's the new division in football. Did you see this: Iowa, Iowa State, Northern Iowa, Purdue, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Washington State. So you and I gets their bye game. Those are the nine schools that have said they're going to have uh, kids on campus in, in okay. the fall. <laughs> and that's a box you have to check, right, Doc? Yes. By the sounds of things. 
Uh, yeah, and you know what? Um, he, here's what I would do if, if, if the schedules get jumbled is, you know, for the, for the three in-state schools, Iowa, Iowa State, and UNI, Iowa plays them both anyway. I would argue to play them. And if I was Iowa State and, you're, and you've got a chance to, I'd add UNI as well. Try to keep as much money in the state. Absolutely. And you're all three regions institutions. And in basketball, I would, I would save some money and try to play each other too. I mean, obviously, you know, Iowa plays Iowa State. Mm-hmm. You and I plays Drake. But I would try to add something again, even if it's just for a one year in Des Moines again. Uh, try to try to help each other out. This is uh, this pandemic is a different situation than than anything we've ever experienced. Thinking outside the box, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Thank you, Doc. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yeah, you're the same. Scott Dockerman, good stuff there on a doc as we uh, speculate a little bit. All right. Uh, take a time out. Governor Kim Reynolds in 11 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Across the state. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 Kicks. You know, keep an eye on those list of schools that are going to, that have said they're going to have uh, students on campus. Members started at one or two on Thursday, yep. and now we're up to nine. Trickling out. Seems to be. Uh, real quick draft note, uh, Carolina, the Panthers, they don't move the needle here in Des Moines. I get that, but Trent, they took every, every one of their picks. Matt Rule and company used on defense. Sorry, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. You got Christian McCaffrey and figured and it out from there. they spent a lot of money on Christian McCaffrey. That they did. Yeah, I spent a lot of money, and I think they – it's a, well, we'll see. Is, is running back a wise investment? He is special. So we're already seeing some mock drafts come out for 2021. Fox Sports – dot com has their way too early with the 10th overall pick in the 2020 run draft. The Tennessee Titans select Brock Purdy from Iowa State. What? I saw him to the Bears at 21. I'm not sure what mock it was. Now Fox Sports, Purdy, 10 to Tennessee. Well, that uh, well at least answers our question. First round pick in the state of Iowa. Brock Purdy, you see him as a first round pick? Well, he's look. He's imp- I'm convinced there he there was more injuries there last year than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, By the end of the season, I mean the K State game. Yeah, there were some throws certainly left Absolutely. on the field. No question. Totally agree with you, Trent. Um, he's I I don't know. It's I don't. It doesn't know. seem like the arm strength of a first round draft pick. Yeah, he's certainly between the years. He's oh, yeah. he, he understands. He can move game. around. No question about it. Um, we'll see. I mean, that's there's mock drafts that have him now. Dane Brugler from the Athletic mm-hmm. does not have him oh, uh, yeah, in the yeah. first round. I looked at that one this morning, and well, the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. In fact, the odds one to four right now with him. Really? Of uh, if you want to not go with him, I mean, he's far and away the choice to be that number one pick. If but... you have a quarterback, though, I mean, Sewell from Oregon is a freak left, I... left tackle. A tackle that got Heisman votes this year. Right. As a sophomore. Right. Uh, Governor Kim Reynolds coming up next. We will hear her press conference. Hopefully some news comes out of that. I anticipate there will be. Uh, And then Matt Manasarian back into the draft at 1130. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.